And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. Top of the morning to you. How the heck are you? Miller and Moulton here on the Florida Sports Network. FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Things a little different today and tomorrow. First, Mark's not here. And secondly, I made the 350-mile drive from northeast Florida to southwest Florida. I'm in the cozy confines with Felipe this fine morning. And Felipe is on camera for those of you who do take us in or want to take us in on the Miller and Moulton Twitch.tv camera. So young Felipe has his own camera now because we're a two-camera shoot. And so that usually means camera on Miller, camera on Moulton. And so now it's camera on Moulton and camera on Felipe. It's about time. <laughs> I mean, I've been only asking it for a year and a half well, now. We understand that. <laughs> okay, I mean, you're 22. It's all about you. Just ask you. I mean, the, those of us of a certain age know that. My diva wide receiver is talking. I'm <laughs> that so sorry. There's no doubt. It's one of the reasons why I've always been fond of you from day one. You have a diva wide receiver part of you, and I, of course, am – I'm attracted to that. I will try to frame up your shot a little bit better. It's very wide. I don't know if if that anything can be done about that. If not, that's fine. I was thinking the side angle, but I just have it right in front of you. Know? And and to show how you know we're we're not technologically advanced on this show. I'm the fat guy. I'm on a tight shot. You're the good-looking, skinny, young guy. You're on a wide shot. Okay. In theory, obviously, we would switch that around. So, I have to show off my trash panda shirt, you know? It is very nice. It is very nice. Uh, love this time of year. Driving down with the wife, and we've got a lot of business we've got to take care of. We've got to close certain things and, you know, do certain things. Meeting with the tax person today. It's a very busy, hopefully productive uh, day before dinner, and it'll be a special dinner with, uh, with a few folks we have not seen in a while. But... On the way down here, she's like, uh, is it madness? And I go, well, it, it depends on what your definition of madness is. And she looked at me and she said, you know what I'm asking you. And I go, no, <laughs> no. For you, it is not madness. It is not madness until Sunday night. Because my daughter's already texted me once and said, how do I print out the brackets? <laughs> and I'm like, we have to have brackets first. <laughs> All right. This is the week leading up to the – this is how the people get in the tournament. We have our own brackets. We have an ACC bracket, a Big East bracket, an SEC bracket. That, So that's where we're at. I happen to love this week. Like I enjoy this week more than I enjoy the play-in games. I mean, nothing beats the first day or two of the tournament, but – Tuesday, Wednesday in Dayton. Dayton loves it. Eh, whatever. Love this week, though. Love the fact that basically Wisconsin season ended last night. Right. All right. Now, I'm not saying I was rooting against Wisconsin, but you know what I mean. That they, a first, second round, a conference tournament game in which you know eh, you lose, you're done. Tickets are either punched or burned. Yeah. Essentially. And I love that we had that last night. We had a Big 12 play-in game, if you will, last night. West Virginia and Texas Tech. West Virginia was probably on the good side of the bubble. Tech was on the bad side of the bubble. Well, the good side won. So certainly the bad side of the bubble's out. And for that matter, they got rid of their coach. 
after the game. And speaking of that, the big story in sports, we wondered, we had Seth Everett on yesterday, who is a proud Syracuse alum, and we asked him, we said, what is it that you want to see happen? And this was around 20 to 9 in the morning yesterday. What is it you want to see happen with Bayheim? And he said, well, you know, there's a couple of ways we could go about this. But what I'd really like to see happen is, is that whenever the season ends, and he was optimistic they would beat Wake Forest yesterday in the ACC tournament because they had beaten them over the weekend. But he said, you know, whenever it ends, that they just politely tap him on the shoulder and say, hey, it's over. We literally said on the show yesterday, he's been there too long. Right, but when you have an institution as a coach, it is borderline traumatic as to, you know, like think about how Coach K went out. Coach K went out going to the Final Four. I mean, very rarely, Wooden went out winning it all. You know, I mean, very rarely does the legendary coach go out with, you know, damn near hoisted on the player's shoulders, so to speak. Right. And so you're having to figure out how are we going to do this? I mean, think about in Alabama football. When the day comes, now, first off, you know, it's difficult right now to imagine them even slipping. I mean, because Nick has put together the run every bit as good, actually better than the run that Bobby put together at Florida State. You know, Bobby had those 15 years where the worst they were in the country was top four. And if you think about it, only the top two got to play for the national championship near the end of that run. And then we had the bowl system during the majority of that run. Think of how many times Bobby and those Florida State teams would have been in just a four-team playoff. I mean, he, quote-unquote, only won two national championships. He probably would have played for like seven or eight of them those years. I mean, if you really think about it, if we had the system in place now, then, well, Florida State's literally, like Alabama, in the playoff every year. Every year they would have been in the playoff. Florida State and Miami. Yes. And the No, well, Actually, you know, Miami Miami started sooner because Miami started in 83 and Bobby didn't really get it going until around 87, all right? But also Miami had the period there in the mid-90s. You know, they had a four-year darkness. You know, Bobby had 15 straight years, top four, 15 in a row. Well, that's what Nick's done. Nick needed a year. At starting in 2008 and now through 2022, that's 15 consecutive seasons, all right? Nick's basically been in the playoff, if you will, top four pretty much every year. Like the 2013 team when they lost in the kick six. Well, we didn't have top four then. We only had top two. If we had top four, Alabama would have been in the playoff. Despite losing to Auburn? Yeah, of course. Like they weren't one of the four best teams in the country. That's true. They were the two-time defending national champion. They were 11-0 and <laughs> before the guys running down the sidelines. You don't think they're in the playoff? Yeah, they just would have been a a three seed. Instead, okay, you know, Auburn got in as the two seed. It probably would have been a rematch in the semis. Who did Auburn beat in the SEC championship game that year? Missouri. 
Oh, my. Yeah, Missouri went back-to-back years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, in fact, it was like their second and third years in the league. I mean, that's why A&M and Missouri actually had a great start to the SEC. Johnny Manziel brought A&M yes. into the SEC. Mm-hmm. And then Missouri wins the East in back-to-back years. Who did they have? Uh, they had an excellent defensive line. Okay, Greg Hardy and a, a few others. They were really good at the defensive line. They get pressure on the passer. And um, they were they were still getting kids from Texas then. Right. All right. So and offensively they were good as well. Like they scored forty something in the title game and lost. Damn. But but you have the legendary coach, and how is it that you're gonna handle it? And so Syracuse handled it in house and kept it quiet. I mean, people were asking Bayheim after the game, you know, is this your final game? What's going on? And it was already done. It was done. I mean, Syracuse had determined when you lose, Jimmy, you're done. And we already know who the replacement is. And, um, you know, have a good life. Do you have more respect for whether it's an athlete or a coach who says before the season, this is my last year, or once it's over, it's like, ah, by the way, I'm done. I had no problem with, if you think about it, Roy Williams very quietly, it was over, said, you know what, I think North Carolina needs a better coach. You know, I didn't have a problem with Coach K in the farewell tour. A lot of people did. Thought it was egocentric and what have you. Well, I don't know what to tell you. He's a pretty big deal in the sport. I, you know, I'm okay with a celebration, if you will. Uh, he's contributed a lot. You have to be worthy of the celebration. Uh, well, and I think he qualifies. Uh, yeah, only right. one of the winningest now, coaches ever. Now, I will say, if Syracuse was still in the Big East, you know, because Bayheim and Syracuse made their bones in the Big East. If they were still in the Big East, and this is how Syracuse handled it, I actually think Big East fans would have been like, oh, man, you, you can't do it this way. I mean, he's a legend. He helped build this conference. I mean, that's, that's, we, you know, we wanted to honor him at every, you know, road game. You know, he may not have wanted it, but we wanted to do that. But Syracuse and the ACC has always been an odd fit, and Beheim hated it, quite frankly. I mean, there is for those who don't like Beheim and don't like Syracuse, and it's a beautiful irony because. Ten years ago, when the Big East was crumbling and Syracuse was leaving and going to the ACC, Beheim had the famous quote in which he was asked, and the reporter thought they were going to get a great answer in an excited, enthusiastic way, kind of like, you know, hey, your thoughts are going to the ACC. And Beheim's like, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, you know, who wouldn't want to trade having their conference tournament at Madison Square Garden in New York City and going out and he starts rattling off all the great restaurants in the city as opposed to having their conference <laughs> tournament in Greensboro and going to a Zaxby's afterwards. Okay, and that was his quote. Well, irony of ironies, where does Jim Beheim's career end? It ended in Greensboro last night. <laughs> And so for those that don't like him and don't like them, they're like, there you go. Now that's payback. That's how we do things here on Tobacco Road. Take that with you. That's funny. I mean, he's got a good point. 
But like with, you know, and, and we'll get more into this next segment. All right. Miller and Moulton, the Florida Sports Network. we got a great show lined up today. Mark Packer is going to join us from the ACC Network. We'll talk about Bayheim and Syracuse and also little ACC. Thank you very much. We'll talk plenty of football. Our weekly guest with Pro Football Network coming up next hour. Also, Mark Dominic, former general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He'll join us at the top of our bonus hour. So if you don't get the bonus hour in Lake City and Tampa St. Pete and Port Charlotte and Venice and what have you, well, you know, you'll have to hit up a podcast, floridasportsnetwork.com, if you know what I mean. Mark is off until Monday. Philippe and I, well, we're holding down the fort here. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network. Welcome back to Miller and Moulton, only on the Florida Sports Network. Twenty-one minutes past the hour. Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, FloridaSportsNetwork.com. Mark off until Monday. Felipe going to help me hold down the fort until then. You can text the show twenty-one thousand. Now remember. I'm now in charge technologically. So I'll try to get to the text line as often as I can. But, you know, that involves going from one screen to another and you know who you're dealing with here. You know, I could disconnect the whole Twitch setup, you know, while trying to read your texts. I mean, we've already had one crisis this morning, we typed in the password incorrectly three consecutive times and got locked out of the computer. Yes, that's what we're dealing with here. All right. People wonder what Mark's role is on the show. And let me tell you, for as much as he contributes on air, behind the scenes, he is the show. He is the show. So we're flying... Whoo! The landings are going to be shaky, is what we're saying. If we were an airline, we'd be letting everybody know we got the backup team in there. We think we can land these planes, but, you know, they could be a little rougher landing than you're used to. That's all we're saying. That's always nice when you're getting ready. All right, whew, let's set this up. <laughs> let's log in. Oh, can't even do that. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I don't want to say I was concerned, but Felipe showed up for work today and he said, oh man, I, I forgot you were going to be here. I'm like, boy, really? We only talked about it all week. I was like, I, I almost I, forgot. I was like, oh, wait. No, no. Wait. You said I forgot, in fact. But uh, correction, we're a half hour into the show, not even, and I already have to correct a mistake that I made. I said Greg Hardy. He was actually an Ole Miss guy, not a Missouri guy. But the guys I was trying to think of, you asked Missouri and what did they have, and mm -hmm. the strength of the team was their defensive line. They had Coney Ely, all right? They had Michael Sam, all right? And who was the other guy uh, that they had? Uh, let's see. I had it, I had it down here. Um, Marcus Golden. All right, so they had three really good defensive linemen that they could have on the field at one time, and they, I think, led the SEC in sacks that year. Wow. So, you know, and they had a, a, an experienced team, a really a junior-dominated team, because then that same team came back, okay, and went to the SEC title game uh, the very next year. So, uh, but 
talking about how Syracuse moved on from Jim Beheim yesterday, and they did so very quickly, very quietly. Uh, Beheim didn't handle it well, wouldn't even answer a question after the game. It was like, so are you retiring? And he goes, well, I didn't say that. But then he said, well, I gave my retirement speech after the game on Saturday. And then, then they're like, so does that mean you're retiring? He goes, well, that's up to the university. And meanwhile, the university apparently is like watching the press conference and just waiting until he's done before they hit send on the press release. I mean, that's literally apparently what was going on. And so it's, it, it's also fitting, A, Syracuse lost in Greensboro, all right, because Bayheim hated the place the longtime home of the ACC, even though it's not going to be much longer. And B, Beheim goes out the way he's been with the media for his 47 years. He goes out like a crusty curmudgeon. I mean, I mean, he did. It just it couldn't be smooth at the end. He, could, he couldn't have just smiled and said, uh, this is my last game. I'm sure there'll be an announcement uh, from the university coming up in a matter of minutes. You know, something like that. Well, it's because he was in Greenboro. Greensboro. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they lost at the buzzer and the whatever. And he's Jim Beheim. I mean, that's his thing. I mean, that was his thing. I I worked in Binghamton for a handful of years. Binghamton's about 75 miles south of Syracuse. So we would make the trip for football and basketball a decent amount of time. We had a lot of Syracuse fans in the southern tier of New York. And Beheim also would do the banquet tours in the spring and the summer. And it was really tough to show up at an event and have him be on his A-game. I just had so many people saying he's, he's really funny and the whole deal and this, that, and the other thing. But once you showed up with a camera and a microphone, all right, and especially if he didn't know you, there was no shot. You were get you didn't get, you know, the Jim Beheim out on the golf course guy, who apparently is hysterical. I mean, seriously. Like Kevin Love yesterday after the heat game last night talked glowingly about Jim Beheim because he was on Team USA Beheim was an assistant and Love said you know pardon the expression I love the guy okay he was funny we drank wine together awesome stories he goes and not only that he was a really good coach okay and meanwhile there's those of us that are reading it going who the hell are you talking about Jim Beheim come on you got to be kidding but as was mentioned in our Twitch chat room, I mean, think about even how the Dolphins moved on from Shula. I mean, they made the playoffs his last year. I mean, granted, I think it was 9-7, and seven and they snuck in, and they got beat. And they had had a nice three-year run in 92, 93, 94. They were legitimate contenders in the AFC. Couldn't get by Buffalo, and who else could, by the way? But they sounds those, pretty familiar. Those were really good teams. They hosted the AFC title game in '92. All right, in '93. All right, they were nine and two at one point. Marino gets hurt. They lose their last five games of the year. They miss the playoffs. '94. They're up twenty-one-three in San Diego in the second round of the playoffs. They're going to go to the AFC championship game. And they lose a one-point heartbreaker, and uh, the kicker misses the kick at the end of the game as well. That would have won it, in which Marino would have gone to Pittsburgh and played the Steelers in Pittsburgh for the AFC title game. I mean, but that was a nice three-year run. And then by 95, it had kind of petered out. They made the playoffs. They got drilled. And Shula got forced out. Don Shula got forced out. 
Tom Landry. Now, he had two really bad seasons. I mean, Beheim goes 17 and 15 in his last year. I mean, it was treated as if they went 9 and 23, by the way. But Syracuse did go 17 and 15 his final year. And he gets, I mean, unceremoniously just pushed to the side. Boom. Well, he is a legendary coach. But when was the last time that Syracuse made it past the Sweet 16? Uh, I, but right before the pandemic, you'll have to look up the year. I don't know if it's 17 or 19, but they had it as an 11 seed. They had a Cinderella run to the Final Four. And I thought it was like six years ago. All right, And it was a team that, quite frankly, on Selection Sunday, people were going, I don't think Syracuse deserves a bid. And they got in, and I believe they went to the Final Four. I thought they beat Tony Bennett and Virginia in the region final, actually, when Bennett was still trying to get over the hump. So I don't know if this is like 16 or 17 or something like that, but he had a Cinderella run to the Final Four I thought like six years ago. I think it was 2018. Okay. So. Yeah. And then I think he made one Sweet 16 since. But but that was his last big out of nowhere run. You know, we had the great, I think it was 10 years ago in the Big East tournament. They had the, you know, the legendary run where, uh, you know, Jerry McNamara and company carried him through. One of the biggest surprises, not only is Bayheim out, but McNamara didn't get the job. Adrian Autry did. Longtime assistant, been there longer than Jerry Mack. And, I mean, that's the other thing that the school did, too. I mean, you know, a lot of times they'll just give Bayheim his day. You know, that's the other thing the university didn't do. Now, maybe Jim didn't want them to. You know, Syracuse could have announced heading into the ACC tournament, this is it. But they didn't. And then also, they didn't just announce Bayheim yesterday and then let Adrian Autry get his moment in the sun two days from now or next week or whatever. No, it was like uh, we thank Jim for his service. Uh, and Autry's our new coach. Oh, by the way, enjoy the offseason. There's only one NBA player on that team, by the way, in 2018. Oh, yeah. Well, that's part of the reason why they forced him out. He was not recruiting at the level he was before. Starting five is next. You're listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. 22 minutes before the hour, Miller and Moulton, Florida Sports Network, floridasportsnetwork.com. Mark is off until Monday. Felipe and I holding down the fort for a bunch of reasons. But when I knew Mark was going to be off today and off tomorrow, then wife and I rearranged our life to come to Southwest Florida. There was a lot of things that we had to take care of in our former home. And so we're here for a day and a half doing that. But it also means that we're in studio together. So if you check us out on the Miller and Moulton Twitch.tv page or channel, okay, we are actually, Felipe and I, in the same studio together. Dalton Miller will join the show one hour from now from Pro Football Network. Mark Dominic will join us in the bonus hour. Former Tampa Bay Buccaneers general manager Mark Packer to join us at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. He from the ACC Network. 
20 more minutes before the hour. It is time for... The Starting Five. Five stories you need to know. It's The Starting Five on Miller & Moulton. Here's number one. Well, number one this time of year is often college basketball. And, oh, by the way, Syracuse forcing out Jim Beheim. That's the other thing. It does seem to be more of a force out than Beheim quietly, it's time, retiring and going off into the sunset. Jim has certainly given the indication that he wanted to keep on keeping on, and this was a Syracuse decision. But Bayheim and Syracuse lost at the buzzer to Wake Forest yesterday, 77-74 in the ACC tournament. And within an hour, Syracuse announced, yeah, that was it. He's done. 1,015 wins. If you talk to a few big Bayheim Syracuse fans, they say, no, 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 no. It's 1,116. He had 101 wins taken away from him by the NCAA. A lot of people that want Bayheim, Bowden, Paterno, you know, Patino, Calipari, you know, I mean, they all have had wins vacated over the years. And I will say, if especially where we are now with, let's face it, we can legally pay for players. I mean, that's where we are yeah. now. I mean, the NCAA is wanting you to hide it and not have it be pay for play. You need to do NIL a certain way. Okay, so it's not pay for play until they sign. Then it's pay for play. Got it. Okay. So where if I was running the NCAA, if I was this, I think Charlie Baker is the new president, former governor of a New England state. All right, think Massachusetts. I would I would give everybody their wins back. I would give everybody their banners back. I would just say, listen, that 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 was then. This is now. Okay. Let's put it all in the past. And besides, I don't know how much longer we're even going to be around. So let's let's just end this once for all. There seems to be so much hypocrisy in the NCAA. No. No. Come on, Felipe. What? Please. So anyway, Bayheim out after 47 years as head coach of his alma mater. You know, there's a very good chance we will never see that again. I mean, first off, 47 years at a power six, because in basketball they say six because of the Big East, at a power six school, 47 years as head coach. A, will we ever see that? I mean, remember, he was head coach at Syracuse a handful of years longer than Coach K was head coach at Duke. He's two years older than him, too. But it also now means who's the guy at a power six school who's been there the longest? Tizzo. Yeah. 28 years, March of 95, is when Tom Izzo got the Michigan State job. There were three automatic bids that were handed out last night, or earned, I should say. Texas A&M Corpus Christi, for the second year in a row, won the Southland. They beat Northwestern State by four. Colgate, who dominated the Patriot League all year, and there were some that were arguing they should get in no matter what. Well, they're going to go in as Patriot League champions. They beat Lafayette by 18. And Montana State held off the Cinderella story of championship week. 
Northern Arizona was 9-22 and at the start of the Big Sky Tournament and rattled off three wins in four days and played Montana State tough. But Montana State, the number one overall seed, won the Big Sky by seven. Yesterday was a big, bubblicious day. Wisconsin's bubble seemingly burst. Ohio State was a two-point favorite in the first round of the Big Ten tournament, and Vegas knows what they're talking about. The Buckeyes beat the Badgers by eight. Texas Tech, West Virginia. West Virginia seen as on the good side of the bubble. Texas Tech on the bad side. Well, the good side won, 78-62. Texas Tech likely not to be in. And not only that, they got rid of their head coach after the game. North Carolina needs to go on an ACC tournament run. Well, they started it in an impressive fashion. They beat BC by 24. Is this the last ever meeting of Oklahoma and Oklahoma State for a long time? First round of the Big 12 tournament, the Cowboys, who are on the bubble, beat the Sooners 57-49. Pac-12, Arizona State desperately needed to beat Oregon State because they are firmly on the bubble, and they did by six. Conference USA, FIU saw their season end in overtime to Louisiana Tech. Bethune saw their season end in the SWAC quarterfinals to Grambling. And in all likelihood, Patrick Ewing's last game as Georgetown head coach, they lost to Villanova by 32. Remember, his last collegiate game was against Villanova for the title in 85. And if his last game as head coach is against Nova and they lose by 32, the Hoyas went 7-25 and this season. The buyout is close to $10 million, but the thought is Georgetown has to bite the bullet and move on. A whole bunch of games scheduled today that are very meaningful. First in state, Miami plays Wake at noon. UCF plays SMU at 2.30. The Gators play Mississippi State at 1 o'clock. South Florida hosts East Carolina at 12.30. Now, the bubble games. Rutgers, Michigan at noon. Carolina, Virginia at 7. Arkansas, Auburn, because Auburn now is very close to the bubble is at 7. Arizona State USC is at 11. Penn State Illinois is at 6.30 and FAU will begin their Conference USA tournament run by taking on Western Kentucky at 6.30. The thought is FAU is in but you don't want to lose in your first conference tournament game. They hold it against teams like FAU as much as they can. NBA Excuse me. Uh, He got 28 from Jimmy Butler, but they lost at home to Cleveland, 104-100. Miami is three back of Brooklyn for the sixth seed with only 15 games left. I mean, think about it. If the Heat go 10-5 and the rest of the way, all Brooklyn has to do is be above 500, and the Heat are in the play-in. So time is running out on Miami to avoid the play-in, which would likely be against Atlanta. So last night was supposed to be Kevin Durant's debut in Phoenix. Did you hear what happened? He rolled his ankle in warm-ups. In warm-ups. Shoot around. <laughs> right. Imagine being a fan. Imagine sitting courtside for I that. know. Is he on the ground? Is he grabbing his ankle? What? Not only that, most of you are not yet in the stadium. So you're outside or you're on the concourse, you're having a beer and all that, and all of a sudden you get to your seat and what have you, and it's like, 
They announced the starting lineup. It's like, where the hell's Where's KD? KD? Oh, it, you know how much I paid for this ticket? What? No, but imagine watching warm-ups. Yes. Oh, my God. There's they're, either way. They're helping him in the locker room. Right. He's not going to play. Uh, Phoenix beat OKC. by, And that's the other thing. He started with OKC. Well, actually, he started with Seattle for a year True. and then OKC. But uh, anyway, Phoenix won by 31. Durant Hurt did not play. Atlanta edged Washington 122-120. And with Chicago winning in Denver... Chicago's just a game behind Washington for the final play-in spot in the East. New Orleans beat Dallas by seven. Dallas is now tied for seventh, and New Orleans is now tied with the Lakers for ninth. They're a game ahead of everyone else. So the play-in game right now would be a healthy LeBron and a healthy Zion. Do you think we'll get either one for a play-in game? (laughs) That is a great question. Boston beat Portland by 22, and the Clippers edge Toronto by 8. John Morant, by the way, will not face any charges for that Instagram live video and the gun. You know, which, if you think about it, could easily be a legal gun and allowed to have it and the whole deal. But the Grizzlies announced he's going to be out at least four more games. Now, what they were investigating furthermore was it the fact were they were they trying to figure out if he brought the gun onto the team plane? I think that was a topic. Well, that's a league matter. Okay, I think the authorities were trying to figure out was it an illegal firearm? Right. All right. And they so he's not facing any charges. What the league does is a different matter. I think the Grizzlies are trying to hold him out so long that the league goes, we're not going to suspend you any further. Because mm-hmm. I think the the thought is that the league was going to go three to five games no matter what. So now the Grizzlies are basically saying, we're going to hold him out six. Minimum. Memphis now tied for the two seed in the West. Three NHL games, Detroit at Chicago 4-3, Minnesota over Winnipeg 4-2, Vancouver in overtime over Anaheim, lightning in action at home tonight against Vegas. Um, I do want to mention women's college basketball, FIU, FAU, both had their seasons end yesterday. FGCU will play for what is technically the 11th straight because the conference tournament got canceled in 2020. But this is their 12th. They've been eligible to play in the A-Sun 12 years. This is the 12th time they've made it to the A-Sun title game on the women's side. And they will host Liberty in the championship game, which is the last team they lost to. What is interesting is FGCU is 31-3. and And the number one bracketologist in women's basketball is basically saying if they lose the conference final, they will not get an at-large bid. No. Because they're, they're slotted in as an 11, which is the very end. And that's with them being an automatic qualifier. If you remember last year's FGCU team, nationally ranked with a WNBA player on their roster, had a long winning streak, got seeded as a 12. And FGCU asked the committee afterwards, so are you saying if we had lost the conference final that we would not have gotten a bid? And the committee basically said yes. Well, that was last year's team. This year's team pretty much in the same boat. Some golf news. The players gets underway today. World Golf Hall of Fame last night announced 
who is getting into the World Golf Hall of Fame. Podrick Harrington, three major championships. You would think that. Uh, the 13 LPGA founders are all getting in as a group. Six of them were already in individually, but that's a nice gesture. Uh, Sandra Palmer is in. Beverly Hansen gets in. Johnny Farrell gets in. If you look at their resumes, they're all worthy. Tom Weiskopf got in over both Dottie Pepper and Jim Furyk. And we could have a very healthy debate as to whether or not Tom Weiskopf's career was better than both Dottie Pepper's and Jim Furyk's. Because I would argue no. Weiskopf's talent was considered better. His potential was considered better. Okay? And this is a not nice thing to say, but I think Tom Weiskopf got in because he died within the last year, quite frankly. I really do. So, and certainly, if you look at it, Furyk and Pepper will get in soon if they put Tom Weisskopf 16 wins on the PGA Tour, one major. Now, Freddie Couples, I think, had 15 wins, one major. I mean, there are others in with similar resumes. Okay. okay. But Dottie Pepper had two majors, had more LPGA wins, and her career was cut short with a back injury. Furyk's got the one major. He's got more PGA Tour wins, and he shot a 59 and a 58. Yes. He has one of the best rounds in no, PGA. No, he has the, the best, best round, round in, in the PGA, history of the PGA, PGA Tour. Yes. So, And he did not get in for what that is worth. And then there's a Tiger Woods story out there, which don't normally get into, you know, person's relationships and what have you, but apparently he and his longtime girlfriend, Erica Herman, they were together over six years. So apparently they broke up in the last two, three months, and she claims – that early on in their relationship, she had to sign a non-disclosure agreement. She wants that invalidated because she apparently wants to talk and allege certain things. And so there's a lot of TMZ stuff out there about Tiger again. Tiger's not playing this week. We'll see Tiger at the Masters. And that was... The starting five. Miller and Moulton. I'm not a TMZ guy, if you know yeah. what I mean. I'm not I'm not gonna I could do, you know, we could do two hours on the Tiger and there's his always, former girlfriend and the whole deal. Always it's, drama with Tiger. It's, it's, I just that's that's not how I roll. I would have had a much more successful career if I did roll that way, but that's <laughs> how I roll. Miller and Moulton.